It's been almost three months since the jury found now convicted murderer Kelly Cochran guilty on all counts. Tomorrow, the 34-year-old will hear her fate at her sentencing in Iron County Court. TV6's Iron Mountain Kingsford Bureau reporter Monique Lopez tonight takes us through the nearly three-week trial leading to Cochran's conviction. One of the county's most notorious trials, as prosecuting attorney Melissa Powell put it, bonded two lovers in blood. Kelly and Jason Cochran were bonded in blood. As you can see from these text messages, what was a failing marriage in August and September of 2014 became a love fest after Chris Regan was killed on October 14, 2014. Cochran was accused of helping her now-deceased husband, Jason Cochran, kill, dismember, and then hide the remains of Christopher Regan of Iron River. As the story goes, Kelly worked with Chris in 2014, and the two began a love affair, an affair that the prosecution said would ultimately set Regan's disappearance in October 2014 and the gruesome series of events following in motion. There is an interview where the defendant has indicated that she and her husband engaged in um, an agreement shortly after they were married that if either one of them were to cheat on the other one, then the person who cheated would have to kill the person that they cheated with. Well, it's going to be a little bit before the evidence people are ready for you. So I'm wondering, I know you're in a hurry and I'm not going to hold you up and you're free to leave uh, as we talked about. Read your rights and you're free to talk to you, but, but with the understanding that you can stop at any time and you don't have to answer any questions. And if you don't like the questions I'm asking, you can stop. But would it be worth your time, because you've been going through this for over a year now, just over a year, would it be worth your time and uh, energy if I were to tell you our entire case, everything that I know about this case, and I'll tell you the truth. All right. And I'm going to do that with the understanding that I'm hoping that you'll talk to me and that you'll cooperate when I'm done. But at the end, when I'm done talking, if you want to say, okay, see you, then that's completely up to you. Okay? Can I say something? Is that fair? Sure, go ahead. I, I've been lied to a lot by law enforcement. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm not going to lie to you today. Um, law enforcement can lie to people to try and trick them yeah, into yeah. confessing. And the reason that Supreme Court has said that's okay, by the way, is because the police get lied to every single day. I understand. Um, because most people wonder, um, commit a crime, they lie about it. That's everybody's first inclination. Uh, little kids, when they do something wrong, their first inclination is to lie. Grown-ups, when they get in trouble, usually lie for one of two reasons. Uh, one, just to avoid getting in trouble, or secondly, because they're scared. All right. So I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to lay everything out as I know it. And, and I know the case pretty well. I'm one of the two FBI agents assigned to this case. I'm not the main agent. Uh, that's Mark Hoff, who you'll probably meet in a little while. Uh, he's here. Uh, but I do know the case pretty well. Nobody knows it as well as the Iron River Police Department because ultimately it's their investigation and they've been working it a year. We've been working it basically since August. Okay? So here's the, the, the facts of the case, and here's why I think it's uh, uh, important that, that you and your husband both cooperate. Uh, only you can decide what's in your best interest. So I'm not saying what's in your best interest, but I do think that your cooperation is important and would be appreciated. And here's what we know. Uh, the, you know, Chris went missing on October 15th. Right? Christopher Reagan. From his apartment is the last place he was seen. There's some, some video evidence and so on. There's some cell phone evidence. but. We know, and from your statements, we know that you were the last person to 
to, to see Chris. Uh, you're the last known person to, to have dealt with Chris. He, and I'm going to skip ahead, you know all of that. There, so the, from an evidentiary standpoint, we've looked at cell phone records. We are looking at more. We are looking at GPS records from his vehicle. That still isn't it. So there's a lot of things, and I'm, I'm hesitant to talk to you, and I'm going to tell you exactly why I'm talking to you today as opposed to a few weeks from now, is because we're still waiting on some stuff from the crime lab. And I think that's going to either make or break things. Um, and I'll tell you about exactly what's pending at the lab. But one of the things that's pending, too, is a GPS from his vehicle. His vehicle had a GPS, and the manufacturer of that GPS device is telling us that they believe they're going to be able to tell us where his vehicle went and, and when and so on. So that, that is potential, but it isn't here yet. I'm going to be completely honest with you. We don't have a back yet. I'd prefer that we have a back before I came talk to you. That's why we haven't come talk to you in the last five months or four months uh, since the FBI's been involved. Three and a half. The uh, other things that are pending is that the FBI, as you know, did a follow-up search warrant uh, to your house. The state police did two search warrants at your house. The FBI did a third. Uh, what happened then uh, there is that the FBI did a more thorough search. They searched areas that the state police did not search, and they searched and took things that the state police did not take. Um, and the short of it there is there's a, a rabbit's foot, there's a bat that was recovered from the uh, the uh, shed that had appears to have blood on it, tested positive for human blood. A bat. A bat. Oh, at least okay. Right. There are, and, and, and again, you, you, the, the the risk of my telling you this is that you're sitting back and thinking, well, all right, they're way off base there, and oh, okay, that might mean something. I'm going to tell you what where we're at. And I'm going to tell you, we're not in a position, you're not under arrest, because we're still waiting for the evidence to come back. And we think the evidence is going to be uh, helpful in our case. But I'll tell you exactly what it is. Uh, so, and then there's 32 other items that tested positive for blood. There's a rabbit's foot that was underneath the, uh, the front porch uh, ramp. Are, would that be your rabbit's foot? No. You ever have a rabbit's foot? Maybe when I was a kid. All right. Any knowledge of a rabbit's foot being underneath the, uh, the ramp? in the front of the residence? All right. Well, Chris, uh, according to his ex-girlfriend, uh, carried a rabbit's foot sometimes. Uh, did you ever see him carry a rabbit's foot? I don't know if I paid attention to it. Okay. Well, it's not something he carried all the time, but uh, we're being told that he carried it when he was anxious about something, when something new and he wanted some good luck to come, uh, like his pending move and so on. All right. So there's a rabbit's foot. Is it going to have Chris's DNA on it? I don't know. Uh, there's uh, this bat that has blood on it, was that used to, to, to kill Chris? I don't know. Uh, could it have been? And then there's 32 items that tested positive for blood. Is that going to be his blood or is that going to be your blood? I don't know. And it's, it's tested positive for human blood. Uh, the cadaver dogs hit, hit at the house quite a bit. So our best guess is that we're 90% sure, based on everything that we know right now, that he was killed inside your home. Do we know 100% positive? No. Could he have been killed outside your home? Could he have been killed somewhere else? It's within the realm of possibility. But we think the evidence is going to tell us yes or no. We either we are or we aren't going to have it. So why do we think you're guilty? And why do we think that you and your husband were involved in his death? And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, it's first, because you were the last person to have dealt with him. Um, some of the things that you've said have been proven uh, incorrect or false or, and maybe a lie. And some of the things that, that jump out right at me and I'll probably miss some things. But part of the reason is... Uh, you, know, you, you indicated a time frame that you were with him on that day, and the phone record suggests that you were texting him. 
uh, at times where you said you were with him. So you could have been off a little bit, but that's one thing. Uh, you had indicated at one point that you were not ever at this park and ride where his vehicle was recovered and that, you, that it was not a place that you had gone to. But when we talked to a, a, another friend of yours, Eric, Eric says we would meet there regularly, go across the street down by the lake and have, have our relationship. Um, so that, that's troubling for us and that's where his vehicle was found. Today we also uh, collected uh, hair from your dog. Uh, there was a hat found inside uh, Chris's vehicle that we don't think was Chris's. We suspect that it belongs to Jason, but it's a blue hat and it had a bunch of dog hair in it. So we're taking your dog's hair today. Uh, that's one of the reasons for this subsequent search because there was a lot of dog hair found inside his hat. Somebody's taking the hair off my dog. Yeah, they'll be, be civil and humane. My dog, it. we can't be there for that. I can't be there for it's that. It's already been done. It's already done. They did that. You guys they didn't have to Jason. Like, do anything. No, I, you know, I wasn't there. I was looking for you, but my understanding is that everything at the house went very smooth and there was no problems at the house. So, no issues, no problems. And, and we, brought the, yeah, we brought the animal control people there um, so that, that there wouldn't be any problems. Uh, so that we didn't have to hurt your dog uh, if your dog reacted negatively. Um, so yeah, we were, we were, I'm a dog lover. I, I, okay. We went to That's my baby. So. Okay. So what else? There is uh, so there's these items pending. Uh, you've told certain members of law enforcement that you volunteered to take a lie detector test, but uh, I've watched videotapes where you very clearly said I don't want to take a lie detector test, and you refused to take one. Uh, that's always a big red flag for us. I've been doing this for 26 years, and in my opinion, there's only one reason not to take a lie detector test is because you're afraid it can be used against you. Uh, they're not admissible in court. They're an investigative tool. So when both you and your husband both refuse to take a polygraph test, I'll be honest with you that, that, that I, I watched your interview, initial interview with Michigan State Police Detectives, and uh, when, when you were asked about a polygraph, it was classic deception. Uh, that is something that a guilty person says. And so let me flip that. When I say guilty, we don't know guilty of what. There's only two people, uh, three at the most, um, that know what happened, as far as we're concerned. We believe that it was you. And here's where I want you to, to, to take opinion. You're going to have to evaluate for yourself, because I can't promise you anything. But you're going to have to evaluate for yourself what is in your own best interest and what you think you should do or shouldn't say. But I'm going to tell you point blank what we think most likely happened. All right. We know from your own statements and from, from Jason's statements and from everything that we know that you were engaged in some extramarital affairs. You've told law enforcement that you had an open relationship and that Jason didn't mind. But we know that isn't the case because of what Jason has said. Jason wound up in the, the, the mental hospital. Jason apparently, and I don't know what he's telling you, other than we do have information that he threatened you and that law enforcement was called. You told your employer that he had threatened to kill himself and you, and he was upset at you. So uh, that suggests to us that Jason isn't open, but you've told law enforcement that Jason is somewhat open. You have an open relationship and Jason's okay with it. Uh, but but at, at another point, it was also, you, you've indicated that you know, Jason's disabled, Jason doesn't have a, a, a means to make a living now because of his disability, um, and Jason, I don't want to get too personal, but Jason might not be able to, uh, to perform sexually because of his back problems or something like that. So for whatever reason, and that's your business, you've gone outside your marriage for relationships. That, in our opinion, has um, 
may have very been very well been what caused Chris ultimately to be killed. Um, and I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not saying anything. But our best guess is that that Jason, our, and it is our best theory at this point. I won't call it a guess, but our working theory and what we think most likely happened is that Jason got upset and Jason uh, tricked you into thinking that he was going to be gone. Uh, let me let me paint three scenarios. Okay, this is probably the easiest way to say it. And, and there's there's probably a dozen different scenarios that could have happened, but the three most logical scenarios in this particular case are this: is that you were upset at Jason, or I'm sorry, at Chris, because Chris was moving, because Chris wasn't going to take you with him, because Chris, whatever reason, you got into a fight, and that you killed Chris because you were angry at him or because there was some financial motive. We know that right after he disappeared, you paid off some bills, uh, despite the fact you were unemployed. And I'll give you the opportunity to tell us how you paid those off, uh, your electric bill and your your uh, your gas bill, uh, to the tune of 300 and some dollars. Um, so, that, so that's a possible motive. Those are, we always look at, because nobody just kills somebody for the hell of it, right? There's always a reason that something happens, all right? So that's scenario number one. Scenario, scenario number two is that Jason, because he was jealous, because he was uh, frustrated with life, because he's angry at life, whatever, he's got a lot of things going bad for him, uh, strikes out at one of your boyfriends and kills him, and that you're not involved in any way. Well, we know that isn't the, the total truth, but he may have killed him on his own, and then you got involved at some point down the road. That's scenario number two. But we don't think if all this blood evidence and it, it actually occurred at your house, there's no way Jason, or I'm sorry, Chris is at your house without you. All right. So that leads us to scenario number three. We think the most logical scenario is that Jason was frustrated, jealous, having some, some issues, uh, mental health issues, uh, angry, upset, uh, suicidal. We know he got out of the hospital two weeks before. We know that two weeks before, uh, Chris was killed that they, that you were telling your employer and the police were responding to your house to do a welfare check on you because you had told your employer that Chris was or uh, Jason was suicidal and homicidal towards you. All right. So one very logical scenario that makes sense to me, and if I were to bet on any one of those three scenarios, I would bet on the third one, in which Jason tricks you into thinking that he's going to be gone. Maybe he sees your text messages on your phone because there were text messages between you and Chris setting up a date later that evening. Maybe Chris says, all right, I'm taking a truck. You've only got one vehicle. He says, I'm leaving town. I'm going to Marquette. I'm going to Indiana, whatever. He leads you to believe he's going to be gone, which forces the issue and forces him, I'm sorry, forces, if you're going to hook up with Chris, it forces Chris to come and get you at your house. And then he gets killed. All right. It may be where he storms in in the middle of some tryst between the, you and Chris and kills Chris and his plan is to kill you and himself at the same time, but you talked him out of it. That may have happened. All right. the, the end, though, is that because I think, I suspect that that third scenario is the case, that you would probably be left feeling a mix of emotions. One, probably scared of Jason because he just killed somebody. Two, you care about Jason. You've loved him. You've been together with him since he was a teenager. You were teenagers. And he's your husband. And there may even be a little bit of guilt on your part because you were having 
these extramarital affairs. Um, for, for all those reasons, you might think it's, you feel bad for Jason, you want to help him. You want to help cover this up. All right? If that is the truth, if that is what happened, I can tell you this, is that I, based on everything I know about this case, we're also, he had a Fitbit, we're, we're, we're waiting for records back from Fitbit, um, the Sawzall, the reason we're taking that today, and it may not be the same Sawzall, but in a fire pit the state police recovered some burnt clothing. We suspect that that very well may be uh, your clothing or Jason's clothing that you burnt. Nobody burns clothes in a fire pit, um, but this is all building a very strong circumstantial case. Um, but there's, there's, there's somebody's burning clothes in the, the, uh, the fire pit. The burn barrel has disappeared. That's, that's a question. You know, why, why, why is all of a sudden the burn barrel gone? But there's a sawzall blade inside the fire pit as well. Not the sawzall, but the sawzall blade. So it's a very common thing for people to try and dispose of the body by cutting it up with the sawzall. That's the actual, that's how it happens most of the time. So all of all that happened. All right? And if at one point you were afraid of, of uh, Chris, I, or I'm sorry, Jason, uh, I understand you love him, you care for him, and, and, you know, but if he lost control, if he got angry and did something to Chris, and you did not conspire with him, if you did not plan ahead of time to kill Chris, take his money, steal his car, whatever, if it wasn't planned ahead of time, I think it's important for us to know. I can't make you any promises, but you can look at those three scenarios. You're very smart. All right. That's why I wanted to know about your education. I want to know how smart of a person I'm dealing with. All right. You're probably more educated than I am. You're probably smarter than I am. I'm not trying to trick you at all, and I'm not lying to you one bit. I told you what the weaknesses are of case. What's another weakness? We don't have his body. All right. But cases are prosecuted all the time without a body. You're probably aware of that. You've probably researched that. It happens all the time. You don't have to produce a body to prosecute somebody for murder. The jury just has to conclude that the person was murdered and where the body is. And then actually, your cooperation by telling the truth and telling exactly what happened and hopefully helping us recover Chris's body. I can tell you one thing, um, and I'm an open book, and this, this may come back to haunt us. I'm going to tell you everything we know. We just recently, when it, you remember a private investigator coming to your door right near the time of the search? All right, and he told you something about the body being buried and someone's going to show us to. So he put a tracking device on your car without law enforcement even knowing it. Right, I found it. Okay. When did you find it? When? Yeah. Uh, when I seen him fleeing from my vehicle from Home Depot. And I chased him, followed him down US 30. Mm -hmm. If you're a private investigator, usually you have to cease and desist once you're noticed. They did not. Okay. I don't want to get into his actions, but I'm just going to say this, is that yes. one of the other things, it, it, first of all, he didn't do anything out of bounds. He acted on his own um, in regards to the tracking device. I don't know. That's him, unlawful, I, I do, though. Well, right. a private citizen can do it, and he's a private citizen. So let me, let me just say this. Let me just say that from a legal standpoint, we believe it, it, is, it is not a, an obstacle for law enforcement because law enforcement didn't know he was going to do that. He acted as a private citizen. So do you have some recourse against him? I don't know. But it's the same as you putting a tracking device on a car because he's not a law enforcement official. He wasn't acting on law enforcement's behalf. So he put this tracking device on your vehicle, and then later that day, you were stopped for some period of time on US 241 near, uh, down towards Iron Mountain. Right. Here? Just outside of Iron Oh, Mountain. up there. Yeah. So up there. All right. 
uh, for seven minutes, the GPS said. So there's, there's recently been uh, cadaver dogs in that area, and they have found what they believe to be a human rib bone. We have a, a forensic expert saying that they have found a human rib bone. So as we speak, there are uh, efforts to recover what appears to be the remains. And is that Chris? I don't know. Is it another human rib bone? I don't know. It was what they call scat. It was laying on top of the ground, uh, which quite often if somebody is killed and buried in the ground, uh, animals will dig them up and, and carry their bones about. So we don't have a grave site as of yet. Um, the cadaver dogs are saying there are human remains in this area. Um, so I'm telling you that just in case, just in case that's where you buried him. I can tell you, and I'm not lying, honest engine, the, the, uh, there has been a bone recovered, a rib bone, that a, a uh, forensic archaeologist in Wisconsin has identified as a human rib bone. We're having that bone sent today, and this is how quick things are evolving. We are having that bone today sent to the FBI lab, and they can do a test, and it's a, it's a complete rib bone. They think they can get DNA off it, so if it is Chris's rib bone, we'll be able to say for sure. Um, and if it is uh, a human bone, even, uh, they'll be able to say very quickly. Uh, but it has been identified as a human rib bone, which is of significance. You don't find a lot of human rib bones playing about uh, in the woods, especially somewhere where immediately adjacent to where you guys stopped. Again, if that isn't your dump site, if that isn't where you put Chris, then you're saying, all right, well, they're way off base there. And I'm telling you that. I understand. I'm not, I'm not coming to you from... Uh, as strong a position as I would like to. I would, I would have preferred to interview you in about three weeks, two to three weeks, when we get this DNA evidence back from the lab. So then I could sit down, because I know you've been talked to before. I know you've been lied to by law enforcement. I know what lies they told you, and I know why they told you, and I'm not second-guessing anything that they've told you. I'm telling you the truth. What hasn't been done is that nobody has sat down with you, to my knowledge, and told you this is our case this is our theory, and giving you the opportunity. Because one thing that isn't, you might be able to very well articulate that you were afraid of Jason on the day that Chris got killed. It's now a year later, and you are sitting with an FBI agent. You are safe. You are not, and it, Jason is, is in no position to cause you any harm. So, I'm, in effect, I'm trying to take away from you one thing, where you can say, oh, well, yeah, all right, I covered up for him because I was afraid. I don't doubt that you were afraid initially. Now we've, we've passed that point. Okay, so that's that's where we're at. We're, we've got a lot of things pending. The sawzall. If if you did, you know, it, there's a sawzall blade. To, can you tell me why you buried a saw or burn a sawzall blade uh, in your thing? If the sawzall was used, uh, we've had very good luck, and you know, it, we we knew the sawzall to be. Is it the same sawzall that might have been used to better? Chris will figure that out. But um, forensically, we are going to take that sawzall and have it taken apart. And in the past, we have had the FBI in Detroit has had a lot of success in finding uh, DNA evidence on a sawzall from a victim that's been cut up because it's almost impossible to and clean. And you will give that back to me? If it is found out to be, um, have used a crime, yes. There, there's no crime. And that's, that's completely up to you. I, I, I'm, I'm giving you the opportunity. I'm telling you this. I strongly, I, I'm 100%, no ifs, ands, or buts convinced 
that, that you and Jason were involved in Chris's death. Now, I can't tell you that I know the scenario. Only you and Jason likely know, and maybe whoever you might have told. And I also have zero doubt in my mind that you will be prosecuted and charged and convicted with it. The problem with going to, to, to the mat, and I understand where you're at. Right now, I, I suspect that you're scared and frustrated. I don't think you're really mad. I don't think you're a bad person. Everything I say, you have no criminal history. All right? You work hard for a living. All right? You're a decent person. I think something just bad happened. All right? And I'm, I'm trying to give you the opportunity to get out ahead of it and to give your side of it because it's going to fall on deaf ears. The Iron County prosecutor in Michigan is not going to care why you did it or when you did it or, or, or whose ideal it was or anything else. If they don't have the facts and they don't have you giving us the details, then all they know is that you guys were involved in his death. They'll charge you with open murder and they'll let the jury decide. And the jury will sit back and I believe, and I'm not threatening or being mean or anything else, I'm just telling you this is what I think is, is going to happen based on my experience and what I know about this case. I suspect that a jury will, I believe, uh, find you guilty. And they'll find you guilty of, 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 you know, they don't have to know exactly what happened, right? The, because they're going to conclude, like we've concluded, that you and Jason are probably the only people who know exactly what happened. Chris isn't going to tell us, right? So this is your opportunity, all right? And you have two options here. You can continue to be stoic, protect your husband, stand up, team up, and, and, and agree we're going to go to the mat on this and let the chips fall where they may, or this is your opportunity, and this very well may be your last opportunity, to get um, ahead of this and being able to put forth your scenario, all right? At sentencing, what you say happened falls on deaf ears, right? It, it's not, it doesn't mean as much. And all I'm saying, again, I'm not trying to be threatening or mean, and I'm not trying to promise you things. What I'm saying now, I think it, it, it rings true to, to most people that, you know, if, if I stole something and I admitted to it after I got arrested and put in jail and I pled guilty and I worked out something, and then I admit it, that's not as honorable and as, as, as telling, and it isn't, it isn't as credible, all right? You're, 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 when you only tell the truth when you absolutely have to and you've, you've tried to, to get out of it a million different ways, and then at some point it, it, it falls, one, it, it, it suggests that someone is not remorseful, two, it suggests that a lack of credibility, and how do we know this is the truth? You're only now telling us this because you absolutely had no other option, and you now you're throwing yourself, you know, on the mercy uh, of the court because you want to, you know. But it's just going to ring less credible. I think this is the time, if that scenario number three is true, and again, I'm not making you any promises, but I think that you can, you need to evaluate that, and if that is the truth, you need to decide whether or not. You want to put that forth now or down the road? I think the end result is going to be the same. Okay, so I'm not going to beat you up about it. I'm not going to beg you to, to be cooperative. That's it. I think that if scenario number three was the truth, um, I think it's important that you you put forth that. Uh, if 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 you think that Jason had uh, just lost it, lost control, uh, the alternative is that this was a premeditated murder um, done for revenge for. For, uh, for monetary gain or anything else. I have a question for you. Go ahead. From the start, the state police 
have said he was dead? Why does he have to be dead? Why couldn't he have He's just... Dead. There's no reason. He, he had everything to how can for. you How can you assure me that? Because I found out more about him after he was missing. What did you find out? Well, somebody asked me if he was depressed. Mm -hmm. You know, I had read notes that he was a little depressed. I mean, like, not poems or anything, just like little notes that I probably shouldn't have read. Um, somebody asked me about like him being on antidepressants. I mean, this I didn't know about. We didn't talk about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm just... He had just got his dream job. He was going down to, to meet with us. Let me ask you a question. Why, why did you go back to his house the day after? And, and the key, that was the other thing that, uh, that you've said about having a key. We've got text messages that clearly suggest that you never had a key to his apartment. But you indicated that you had a key to his apartment. Do you have a key? No, I don't, no. Have you ever had a key to his apartment? Yes, I have. Where, where is the key to his apartment? The police took it. On the day you were interviewed? Or was it in your house? Forgive me no. for not knowing this part, but I know that that was one of the things that... a long time. Um, I think I was asked for it. I think I was asked for it. Okay, and did you have it with you? I don't know. I'm not... When did he give you a key? Or did he give you a key? How did you get a key to his apartment, I should say? I don't remember when it was. Okay. When did you meet him? In May, when I started working with him. Okay. In May, you met. And he disappears in the middle of October. When did you uh, start having a physical relationship with him? This, let me, let me stop this right here. Sure. I told you my thing. I, right now, I cannot lose my job. I will okay. give you my fingerprints. All right, well, let me ask you one, one, just one question, and you're free to leave. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Um, you're free to get up and walk out this door, and we'll, we'll get your fingerprints and stuff, and you'll, you'll be out the door. Um, can you tell me, do you have an explanation as to the money that you used to pay off your electric bill on October 16th, where mm -hmm. you got the 300 and some dollars to pay off your gas and electric bill? I usually save money when I'm able to. I, I worked quite a bit. I don't know if you guys know. I know, but you were unemployed for a few weeks, and we understand that there were some financial problems. So you were behind on your electric bill. There yeah, was, but I was, was that a shut-off notice. Did you remember receiving a shut-off notice? No. Okay. Did you get any money from Chris to no. pay off that bill? I've never had money off Chris. Okay. You didn't go into his apartment the day after he disappeared and, and take money from his apartment? No. Okay. All right. I don't want it to be confrontational. I don't want it to be ugly. All right. I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do. We've got to get your stuff, and then you're, 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 you'll be taken back to work or wherever you want to go. If I have a job. Please, all right, please think about it. If you want to consult with an attorney, if you haven't already, please consult with an attorney. I think it's important because I don't think it's right in any sense for you to wait to be arrested and then try to put something forth. I think it does ring a lot less credible. And I think it, um, it's just wrong. I think it's important. And, I, and I'm only going to put myself, if I was in your position, all right, I believe I would want law enforcement, the prosecutor's office, to know if it was premeditated 
or if it was somebody losing control, acting in the heat of the moment because they were depressed, suicidal, and and uh, um, angry, all right? and, and somebody loses his faculties for a moment, all right? because it, it, it is going to, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a lot less credible if you come forward only after you're arrested. And I do believe you're going to be arrested. I believe that, I, I, I honestly, if I'm not lying to you at all, I think that they, they have, a, at this point, a very, very strong circumstantial case that I think they could get a conviction on alone. I think there is a, a tremendous amount of physical evidence that is pending that is going to put them way over the top. So I just ask you uh, to consider your options. Consider whether or not you want to get out ahead of this and be honest about it ahead of time, or if you're going to continue. Because nobody likes to be lied to. Nobody, you know, that's that's what the justice system is all about. All right, is is you know making sure that that something like this isn't likely to happen again. All right. You have any questions of me? You really can't put yourself in my shoes, so you know that, right? I I work hard. I made a mistake. I've, you know, I I was with somebody else while I was married. Everybody makes mistakes. I, you know, mm -hmm. that wasn't the right choice to make. But to say that you've been in my shoes, you, I'm sure you, like I said, I know you've seen I've my house. I've been in your shoes. I, I know Not you said, close. well, you said you were going to try and put yourself in my shoes. But you've okay. seen my house. That was the first house we bought. And the, 10 hours after searching, after we were waiting outside, we go back in and, I mean, they got the ceiling gone, they got the door gone. I understand. I understand that sense of it, and what I what I meant to say to you is that anybody in your position, and I think I could I could uh, try to envision what it must be like um, if scenario number three was the case. Uh, if that did happen, I could imagine that you would have a mix of emotions. I've never been in your position. I can't truly put myself in your position. I don't know what it's like. Uh, I can use my 26 years in law enforcement, my common sense and my humanity to try and uh, empathize with you and understand what you're going through, but I, I can't say it. I don't mean to say that I know exactly what you're going through or um, what you've been through. Uh, did Chris uh, cut himself at one point? Did you tell somebody in your family that Chris uh, cut himself while hiking and that there'd be blood in your truck of his? Why are you asking me about my family? We've got a statement that you you have said that the law enforcement would find blood in your truck because Chris cut himself while you were hiking once. He did cut his, I think his ankle or his knee. Okay. And where would that blood be? In the front or the back of the truck? Would it be in the bed of the truck for any reason? Yeah, I don't know if he had his bike. I don't know about the bed. Where did you think the blood might be? Inside the cab? Well, inside the passenger compartment or in the back or? It could be anywhere. We sat on the tailgate. But I don't know if it was his ankle or his knee. Because walking through moss or whatever it was through there. Mm -hmm. I guess he cut himself. I don't think that makes a, a difference though. What's that? Where, where it is? Did you hear no, that he got cut when we went walking. Well, if we find blood in your vehicle that belongs to him, it is significant, and I'm just... If there's he was in my vehicle a lot. 
Okay. If there's a truthful explanation for it, I'm just asking you that. I don't believe you volunteered that to law enforcement when you were interviewed the first time. I didn't think. But you can see where it's important. I didn't think it'd be we an think, issue. We think that Chris was was cut up and buried and transported probably in your vehicle. So his blood being in your vehicle is of, of huge significance. Now, if you have an explanation for it, that's what we're asking for. We want we want to know what the explanation would be. We want. I think we want hiking. Okay. Did, did he bleed quite a bit? It was a decent amount. I don't remember what park it was, but I know we were on a light blue trail. Light blue trail. And do you remember when this was? During the summer. I think it was... What the name of the park? There's a... I, the, I remember police know the parks that we had once to. It's I think it was in Wisconsin though. It was close. Big lake there. I mean there's tons of lakes. Okay. And how did he cut himself? When we were walking through like some mossy stuff. Okay. And did he need medical care from this? Was it that bad? No. Did he need stitches? I don't think so. Band aid enough or Okay. But um, afterwards you sat on the bed of your truck tending to his wound on the trail gate? Is that what you're saying? I, I don't want to answer that. Uh, we, we've sat on the tailgate, yeah. Okay. Well, while, while he was bleeding, were you, did you make love? Because I understand with... with I, I, don't, I don't want to answer any more about that. I mean, okay. we already know there was an affair. I mean... Everybody, you know, I'm already a bad yeah, person and I, and in an affair, no, so... And, and I'm not judging you in, in any sense in that. Um, you know, to each their own. I, I, that's none of my business, frankly. Um, unless it provides a possible motive as to why Jason might have um, done what he did. Uh, or a possible motive as to why you did what you did. Uh, or didn't do. And the the fact that he was bleeding, uh, I, I, I think, is, is of relevance. And, you know, it, it, was it his knee or his ankle, or you don't know? Just somewhere I, I on really his leg. It was somewhere on his leg. Okay. But and you don't know if it would just be in the cab or if it would be in the back. It could be probably both. be both, but it, it, I mean, it shouldn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, because, I'll, I'll be honest with you, that is your version of events that he had cut himself, but that's a but rather... That was months before. Yeah, but that's a convenient um, thing, because one other scenario that, that law enforcement has at this point is that his dead body was transported in your vehicle, therefore there would be blood. So, uh, uh, let me ask you, is anybody else aware of the fact that he cut himself? Anybody else see that he cut himself? Nobody else was with you? This was a no, discreet no, relationship? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Anything else you think we should know? I want to give you the opportunity to say everything that you want to say. I didn't think there was anything wrong with him having a cut. I didn't think, you know, I mean, yeah, there might be blood, but it wouldn't be... Well, it, it will ultimately be up to a jury to decide the significance, and they will also decide whether or not they believe you as to whether or not you cut your, he cut himself, or if that is just something you're saying now because you're afraid the law enforcement was going to find blood in your vehicle which normally would be very, very damning in a murder investigation, okay? And law enforcement already had my vehicle three times, I think, four times, I think, searched it. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm,
Okay. You said I can speed this up. The yeah, yeah you, you, are, you are absolutely free to go. I'm going to go have you sit here for just a minute. I'm going to go and see if they're ready for you and they'll try and get your whatever they're going to get from you. I mean, I'll cooperate. Uh, they can do whatever they I need understand. to. If you, if you have, I'm going to give you my card. Can I have leave. two so I can give one to my boss too, please? Sure. And, but I want you to think about it, and I want you to you know, consult with an attorney, by all means. I'm not trying to trick you or anything else. I'm just trying to tell you where you're at. I think I've done a pretty good job. I, I haven't told you every single fact that we know. The, the, the investigative file in this case is literally boxes full. So there's been a lot of investigation. The FBI's only been involved since August. I've told you, I think, the highlights of our case, and I've told you what the working scenarios are, um, and I've told you that I think it's uh, important not that it will benefit you, I can't promise you anything, but I think it's important for somebody as intelligent as you are is to, to think about it, think about what's, uh, what you think you should do, and then if you want to, contact us, and then you decide whether or not uh, you want to do that. Okay? Thank you.